All right, next story. We're taking a look at basically the same topic. How folks, how companies, how industries are responding to the the struggle and the pain that is now being presented with uh, coronavirus and with COVID-19, how it's affecting different sects of the economy. One of the uh, you know most difficult realities that a lot of us are facing is that millions of people are losing their jobs. Some projections for unemployment filings are going to be at 3 million people here very soon in the United States. And some large entities in our economy are now hiring en masse. Grocers, pharmacies, gig economy platforms, some big box retailers. And I wanted to take this moment to highlight um, some of the unemployment realities that are happening, as well as some of the hiring realities that are happening under coronavirus and during this pandemic, and what that means for the future of our economy. So companies like Instacart are now planning to bring on 300,000 new gig workers to shop and deliver groceries for customers. Uh, Walmart is planning to hire 150,000 new staffers in warehouses and stores. Hospitality giants Marriott, they're finding ways to get furloughed workers into temp jobs in food and healthcare and retail. Meal kit companies like Blue Apron, which were actually suffering majorly before this virus, are now thriving. They're now hiring thousands of cooks and drivers for their meal prep service. So it's important to remember, um, you know, some of the most vulnerable jobs and the ones with the uh, most limited pay and benefits are now becoming essential, ones that often require human interaction as well. This is an added risk during a pandemic, but these are the jobs that are now growing while many small businesses um, shutter, while many larger companies start to lay people off, uh, these workers now need somewhere to work. And some of these companies are providing transition work for employees. Some of them are opening the door for um, disenfranchised workers to now come in and immediately start a, a new career, potentially, or at least just some temporary work at somewhere like Walmart or Instacart. The company I wanted to highlight, because I think their dynamic is the most interesting, uh, is Amazon. So I wanted to focus on how a retail giant like Amazon fits into this picture of a new, more isolated economy, uh, at least temporarily. So there's a great article on this by Bryant Merchant at 10.medium.com that I absolutely recommend. Um, It breaks this all down in more detail, but I'm going to give you some summary points here and then just some takeaways. So the demand for Amazon's platform of virtually unlimited e-commerce and fast shipping has gone through the roof. And they're selling out of things like cleaning products and household supplies to manage this increase in, um, in customer activity. They're now ranking Amazon Prime members to give priority shipping. Uh, they're also shutting down its service to companies who uh, need to deliver non-essential products and services during the pandemic. So they're no longer uh, using their platform to ship um, products for companies that are now deemed unessential, non-essential. And there's an interesting dynamic that's rising out of uh, this selling out of essentials where price gougers are getting on the site and they're uh, taking things like toilet paper, hand sanitizer, raising prices, reselling them to people who absolutely need them. And, uh, you know, that's 
not good. <laughs> Amazon is actually cracking down on this in a very focused way, which is interesting to see. So 4,000 different sellers have been recently booted for, quote, seeking to profit off the COVID-19 crisis, end quote. Consumers have begun hoarding things like toilet paper, hand sanitizer, flipping them around, and selling them at at least 50% higher than before the pandemic was officially a global emergency, which is just nuts that you know, people are taking this opportunity to try to make a quick buck, which, you know, hey, look, I understand being strapped for cash, but for essentials like this, um, you know, not very um, (laughs) encouraging to see, to put it lightly. Amazon is actually working with law enforcement to find sellers using the platform for exorbitant price gouging and, you know, help curb more people from doing that. They're also opening up a whole new division and team within Amazon to monitor and make sure that's not happening. So interesting to see how they're dealing with that e-commerce reality. But another aspect of Amazon's uh, adaptation to this more segmented economy is that they're hiring 100,000 new displaced workers during this crisis. One of the pluses there is that uh, after some uh, legislative pressure to increase their minimum wage, Amazon now pays $17 an hour for these jobs. And that's $2 higher than the normal, which came out of that legislative pressure, which is $15 an hour. So some of this work, um, you know, is actually getting a slight pay boost because of the utter necessity for Amazon. And when we see what kind of workers are being brought into Amazon's ecosystem, it's something like one-fifth of workers saying their hours have been affected. And Moody's Analytics estimates nearly half of all American jobs are at risk. So there are a lot of people that are going to need work soon. Amazon is now opening their doors and providing that work. But depending on how Uh, all of this plays out. This transfer of labor could be a symbolic or a very tangible shift away from jobs for working America in permanent, reliable, small to medium-sized businesses to a new reality of unreliable part-time work for giant retailers and tech giants. Why? Well, the average small business has enough dollars on hand to stay in business during a crisis like this for only about 27 days before having to close their doors for good. Compared to the wave of small businesses that closed during the 09 recession, this wave that will almost certainly uh, see doors closed for good uh, if there aren't small business relief packages are now up against a more robust and established e-commerce infrastructure that's ready to absorb not only the consumers that might be lost from those businesses closing their doors, but the labor as well. And this is the quote from the piece that really stood out to me. Quote, if restaurants, bars, and local shops close permanently while app-based monoliths hoover up the customers and the jobs, the trend line may be very difficult to reverse as we wade out of the wreckage, and this is not a future we want. End quote. Now, okay, this is not a future we want for who? This might be a future that we do want for certain entities. For Amazon, this is exciting. Um, You know, more workers, Uh, building more of a presence in big box retail and e-commerce, and obviously, you know, uh, commanding a little more power over the industry. That is all something that we need to be keeping an eye on and really analyzing how a shift in the economy like this is going to empower a giant company like Amazon 
in the short term, a job is obviously a job if you're struggling to pay rent or put food on the table during this crisis, and $17 an hour is you know, a relatively fair wage considering the conversation for raising the minimum wage right now is getting it up to 15 an hour, 17 an hour for entry work in an Amazon warehouse or Amazon uh, fulfillment services um, uh, warehouse also. Uh, lost my word there. Um, you know, 17 an hour is pretty solid pay. Um, it's obviously not like incredible, but it is something that will get people across the finish line during this trying time. Besides the government stepping in to provide relief for working people and small businesses, if that relief doesn't come in substantial and uh, timely ways, many will have no option but to take a job at a company like Amazon when COVID-19 passes. We now have to start asking ourselves, what will our consumer habits look like after months of online shopping and countless stores shutting down for good? What does that reality look like? Well, I think some of the things that might happen or that we need to be aware of is that this is going to be more of a power shift for uh, companies that operate in the retail and e-commerce space. There's already been a lot of dependence on Amazon, uh, considering they're opening up their e-commerce platform for other smaller businesses to now use Amazon as their uh, core e-commerce site. Uh, With that dependence comes you know, a a shift in power dynamics. Small businesses have already been reporting that because Amazon is no longer shipping non-essential goods, basically a lot of small businesses that rely on Amazon's e-commerce platforms to survive now are going to go out of business. Small businesses who can't ship their products any other way or just don't have the infrastructure to launch a partnership with FedEx or through um, USPS in a a scaled way are now out of luck. Um, This change came with no warning to sellers. It was unclear what the distinction was on what is and what isn't essential. So many companies are now left completely unable to ship their product. And that power dynamic you know, had been built for a while and now under stress is showing, you know, why it's something that we should be, if not critiquing, at least just aware of that. Okay. A lot of small businesses, they rely on Amazon being able to ship their products. If Amazon decides it can't do that anymore, what happens to those businesses? And as Amazon grows and gets more of a a hold on certain aspects of our retail infrastructure, this is something we need to be talking about. Um, this could also, you know, see a major decline in Main Street America, both businesses and, uh, you know, just culturally. There's so much life that comes from small businesses in a downtown or in, um, you know, little cultured sects of a city, something like, you know, Deep Ellum in Dallas, for example. Plenty of really great small businesses there that provide a lot of culture, bars, restaurants. What happens to them if they're unable to find relief to survive? this potentially month-long, if not longer, strain where they're not getting any business. If they go away, um, what replaces those small businesses? Especially if they're a little retailer, you know, selling clothes, selling um, uh, tourist goods. If that goes away completely, that might move online, and an entity like Amazon can absorb not only the labor, but the consumers as well. And it's also important to think about the quality of these jobs long term. If hundreds of thousands of people are now working um, almost permanently in an Amazon setting, 
what is the infrastructure there to make sure those jobs continue to pay 17 an hour, uh, continue to uh, give more benefits, give wage increases, address some of the work environment challenges that uh, Amazon has you know, been having to deal with over the last several years, some unsafe work environments. That stuff is now going to take, I think, a more center focus if an entity like Amazon continues to grow and actually comes out of COVID-19 a stronger and larger company. What is happening to the workforce that's making that possible? So, Important to think about all of this as we see more people lose their jobs, as we see more companies closing their doors, and as we see other companies bringing more workers on. What does that shift mean temporarily, and what does it mean long-term for our economy if it adapts uh, almost overnight to being more online and more digital and uh, with more of a focus on e-commerce and less on brick and mortar. It's a reality that a lot of stores have already been dealing with. Will COVID-19 push it over the edge? Like we like to say on Business Casual, we'll just have to wait and see. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. 